I don't know when I first figured it out, but at some point I figured out that eating cannabis and working out simply worked for me. I don't know. There was just always kind of this weird, <laughs> weird cloud around it. There's a, there's a nice, there's a, there's a nice, uh, um, there's a nice bad weed joke in there for you. The point of today's episode is twofold and it's about cannabis. It's about demystifying cannabis a little bit, and it's also about removing the stigma relative to cannabis and corporate America. My humble opinion, for far too long, cannabis has been seen as almost a hard drug in the corporate space. Yet, hard alcohol has always been cool, accepted, promoted, sometimes even pushed. And I always found that exceptionally awkward. I understood, always totally got the fact that, hey, weed is illegal, booze is not, but I've never been comfortable. I mean, I've certainly gotten drunk plenty of times in my life, but I was just never comfortable. I've never been comfortable with booze, but I've always been more comfortable with cannabis for some reason. I should say that I'm not advocating for anything whatsoever. And by all means, first and foremost, follow the laws as your state says, right? So age restrictions, all that kind of good stuff. I am not here to promote this or make it cool or anything. I am just here to tell my side of the cannabis story because I've teased it a little bit. And I also kind of think that it's bullshit that in the corporate space, Booze has always been totally cool and getting drunk at corporate events, certainly not like wasted at corporate events has been cool by any stretch, but like I've for the most part been that person that's been peer pressured, so to speak, to have a drink in spaces where I just didn't feel like having a drink. Um, but God forbid I mention cannabis, which I never did. I've always kept this to myself, but I think you kind of get the broader point of booze has always been considered fine or okay or cool and cannabis has not. And especially now that it is legal, and I'm a 45-year-old adult, I am well within my right to speak about it openly. And because I've touched on it at least a decent amount in my TikToks and mentioned at times eating gummies and going for runs, I figure I will try to demystify it. I'll give a bit more specifics behind the why, the how it works for me, and hopefully provide a little bit of perspective on the topic. And nothing I'm going to say is intended to just be either controversial or just there for what could be a bit of like a wow factor, I guess, for lack of a better description. That'll make more sense as I get into it. But I'm not trying to elaborate. I'm just being... <laughs> I'll just finally kind of give the full truth behind especially when I say I will eat a gummy and go running, what that means specifically to me. And while I don't like the fact that me doing this and talking about cannabis on this episode could have some potential ramifications or consequences relative to the corporate space and my day job, so to speak. But again, I'm 45. It is legal in the state of New York. And I'm not talking about anything during work hours. I'm talking about truly recreational use. 
and how it has actually helped me as, I don't want to say an athlete, but as somebody who's tried to do things that are physically strenuous. I don't know when I first figured it out, but at some point I figured out that eating cannabis and working out simply worked for me. This goes back a long time, so not remembering is not just a bad stoner joke. It's because this is probably 15, 20 years in the making. But at some point I realized, wow, even things as simple as taking a flour and putting it in my protein shake before a workout would make me feel different. I had much more stamina. I was never in my own head relative to how many more sets do I have? How much longer do I need to run? I just found more of a euphoric state that allowed me to perform at a higher level. And I even found this when playing golf at times. I found this to be the case when I would play men's league hockey at times. It can be counterproductive for sure. If you don't take the right kind or if you don't do the right dosage or if you're in too much of a paranoid state, it can be wildly counterproductive. So 20-something, 15, 20 years ago, I figured out that cannabis actually has a positive impact on performance. I found this lifting weights. I found this doing cardiovascular exercises. I found it during some sporting events. And and this is not, I'm not the first person to say any of this by any stretch of the imagination either. Very well documented that there are a lot of professional athletes that have said these types of things out loud. And I forget who it was, but there was a basketball player once that did an elaborate article about how helpful cannabis was to them on the court and how they would see things in just a slightly different state. And I remember reading that and feeling a bit more normal because most people thought it was pretty weird that I was, even if I was talking to my friends about it, they're like, I have no idea how you do it. And I don't know. There was just always kind of this weird, (laughs) weird cloud around it. There's a, there's a nice, there's a, there's a nice, uh, um, there's a nice bad weed joke in there for you. All right. So I figured out that it's helpful and I start to be smarter about it. I mean, smarter about it being understanding the dosage, understanding what the potential impact would be on the rest of my day, especially because I like working out in the mornings and have for a very, very, very long time and have found. And I think that even for those that have known me for a while and might be hearing this and being like, oh my God, Tim, I had no idea. Um, and might have a question of like, did I ever see you baked that afternoon? And look, again, baked is relative. I could talk about this in a very stoner, like, you know, use all the kind of the cliches and stuff, or I can just talk about it a bit more clinical. So I'm going to talk about it a bit more clinical because I do want this to be just simply received as, wow, I didn't know. And yes, this is what I've been alluding to, especially as I started to train for the New York City Marathon and would openly say in a lot, especially when it came to the longer runs, that I would get up and I would eat a big gummy and go for a long run. It was night and day difference for me for running. I I don't, I do not like, I don't like, running is not a lot of fun. I found fun and joy in it and I found fun and joy in the process. But running is hard. (laughs) Running is really, really hard. I have no idea how my wife does what she does. She just gets up and goes. 
I cannot. I, for longer runs, running a longer run being something over six or seven miles, probably over seven miles without eating cannabis is so much more difficult for me. I would usually eat about, and this is where I'm not saying things just to elaborate or exaggerate or to draw on wow factor. Um, and I do not, again, cannot caveat heavy, heavy enough. Follow the laws. Age restrictions must be adhered to. And my dosage is not anybody else's dosage. I eat about 20 milligrams before I would go for a run. I think most people would be, depending on what you eat, could be stuck on a couch or could be wildly paranoid with that amount of THC in them. But it works for me. I'm not, I don't know how to specifically get into the science aspect of it, but that dose of about 20 milligrams works really well for me for long distance running. It's a slow burn. It helps the time go by. It helps me get deep into thought and to actually think through complicated problems that I might be having. It can also help me just space out. It can help me listen to a podcast and be cognizant of my surroundings in a way that feels good because the time will pass quicker. It helps with knee pain. It helps with hip pain. It helps with back pain. It helps with anything soreness relative to running long distances, which is really, really, really hard. Like going out there and running and being on your feet for like three plus hours for some of these training runs that I had to do before the marathon is is hard on the body. And it is especially hard on a 45-year-old body that played a lot of ice hockey and I was a goalie. So my hips and my knees are probably not in the greatest of shape, you know, uh, versus somebody who had not done something along those lines when they were a kid, but it, it, it helps. I'll, and I'll tell a quick kind of funny story about this and God forbid my boss hears this. Actually, I don't really care because he and I get along and I do not think he would judge me for this. So when I ran the, when I ran the marathon, my boss said, Hey, I'm going to meet you at 80th and first something along those lines. And he was very excited about me doing the marathon. He's run to himself and that allowed us to kind of bond over the details a little bit. He would always be very nice to make sure he asked about how training was going. And as soon as he knew he was going to be at a marathon party, he kept saying like, hey, what do, you, do you want me to have snacks for you? Can I bring anything? I think that's about mile 17. So pretty far in. Definitely if you need some fuel, it's a great place to get some fuel. And I didn't know what to ask him for. I did not ask him for cannabis. So that's (laughs) for those that are like, wow, did you ask your boss to bring you some weed to refuel? No. So for the New York city marathon, I probably ate about 20, 25 milligrams at the start line. And I had a plan because I, I had never run further than I think 21.5 miles and knew that especially New York city marathon this year was a really hot day. Like abnormally warm, which made the conditions that much more difficult. And I knew that I was going to need to bring an extra gummy with me because at some point I was probably going to quote unquote refuel. Again, 
cannot caveat enough third time I'm saying this. This is just what works for me. Absolutely have to adhere to state laws, age restrictions, deal breaker, like, and I'm not trying to make this cool. I'm just trying to explain and to explain that for those that might be like, wow, I never thought about that because I have run with people and been like, yeah, I'm going to eat a gummy. And they're like, wow, that's incredibly odd. And they've taken much smaller doses and then noticed that, hmm, that's, I can kind of see why you do that. So anyway, I eat 20, 25 milligrams at the start of the race. And I felt really good throughout. I think anybody that saw me along the course knows that I was, I had a lot of energy. I was yelling back at the crowd. I was so thankful for, it was just like everything struck me emotionally about just the volunteers being out there, the people that don't know anybody that, that are out there cheering, the people that knew me. And I didn't write my name on my bib or my shirt and still had people yell my name a lot, way more than I thought it might get yelled out. And I tried to respond in as many instances as humanly possible with energy in return, which was probably not the best idea because I was exerting so much energy yelling back at people. But um, it just, everything felt really good that day. So uh, I was more than happy to. So the reason why I brought in the part about my boss is I'm going over the Queensboro Bridge, probably two and a half, three miles away from seeing him at this point, and maybe even maybe even a bit less than that. And I started to think about mile 24 and where I was cannabis level-wise. I was like, all right, I, I need to eat more now to make sure that it kind of lasts throughout the rest of the race. And the gummies that I eat are actually 62 milligrams in these little, same size as a gummy bear, right? So that's not a big, like that's a lot. That is a lot, a lot, a lot of cannabis in a tiny little punch. Usually I cut it up with a steak knife to make sure that I've got the right dosage. But sometimes, you know, at this point I can also just take a gummy bear and kind of eyeball it and eat it. And I'm, you know, nine times out of 10, I'm, I'm eating the right amount. Crossing the Queensboro Bridge, I've got like a little hand thing that's got, you know, water in it and a little pouch that just carrying some extra gels and stuff. And that's where I kept the gummy. But because I didn't have it pre-cut, I put the whole thing in my mouth and just have, you know, from just the wear and tear of the marathon and kind of the mental strain, I started to feel it in my mouth. I'm like, that's way too big. (laughs) That is way too big. And I'm trying to figure out as I'm crossing the bridge, like how much of this do I need to keep chewing and how much of this do I need to bite off and then spit out? And I remember thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I'm going to see my boss in like two miles or so. I got to make sure that I've got my act together and that I'm not a hot (laughs) mess by the time I get there. You know, you're paranoid overall while running, right? I mean, there's the, how's my stomach going to do? Uh, you know, how's my bladder going to do? Like, there's a lot of questions that go through it. So I, regardless of anything having to do with cannabis, I probably would have wanted to make sure that I was in good shape just to go past him and be like, cool. And also I had texted him at the start of the race because he had been so kind about asking about training. Can I bring you anything when I'm there? I ate a bagel on Staten Island before the race started. I hadn't eaten a bagel in God knows how long, but it just, it and it felt like it sat really well. I was surprised it didn't feel like a brick. 
but it sat really well. So I text them as I as I was starting. I'm like actually running within the first quarter mile. I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm going to see Michael. Let me get him to bring me another bagel because that that first and maybe like that heavy kind of carbo load with you know eight miles to go or whatever will be really helpful. So, can you bring me cinnamon raisin bagel plain? Get a thumbs up from him. Cool. So. I know I'm going to have to do some sort of hand food off as well. So I'm going over the Queensboro Bridge and I've got this giant coming in my mouth. I'm like, shit, I, <laughs> I got to make sure that I don't, you know, completely just kind of ruin things at this point and mostly just kind of get past my boss and have some sort of interaction where it's not going to be extraordinarily awkward or weird or him be like, what's wrong with you? Like, you just look like a hot mess. And again, this is, these are all things circling. And certainly the cannabis to a certain extent is giving you a bit of these paranoid thoughts. But if you can balance it out, again, works for me, not for everybody. Don't advocate for it, but just telling my story. Um, and I think I spit out the right amount. And apparently I did. Most people that saw me during the marathon thought that I looked like I had tons of energy, saw him, grabbed the bagel, piece of cake handoff. <laughs> I did end up having way too many things. I think the one kind of downfall of the cannabis plus the New York City Marathon was every time I saw, I don't know if it was the actual munchies, but every time I saw somebody with like food food, well, food food being like a banana or somebody had Reese's and a Snickers and things along. And I, so at one point I had like a Reese's cup in one pocket, half a banana in the other pocket. And when I grabbed the bagel from him, I took a huge bite of it. I'm like, that was a terrible idea. Now I'm having a difficult time <laughs> breathing while chewing this thing. And so I stuck the rest of it in my pocket. So <laughs> I ran a few miles with like a bagel, a Reese's, a part of a banana, gels, um, and all, and all kinds of stuff. My marathon time was 3.42, no, not 3.42, 4.42, and I'm okay with that. Like 45 years old, first time ever, never ran further than 21.56 based off the, the training program that I had that my wife did an incredible job with, and yeah, I probably ate 20, 25 milligrams to start, and then another 15 to 20 somewhere over the Queensboro Bridge. And I felt really good. It just works for me. And I throw that in there during my TikToks because I do think that it is, I think it's a good thing for to just not have such a stigma around it. And I do kind of enjoy the fact that it's a bit of a, especially in the corporate space and how awkward it may be for me to have people start to say, Hey man, I heard that <laughs> I heard the episode about you talking about cannabis and running, but like, should I really care? Should anybody really care if they're following the law and they're not doing anything that is detrimental to anybody else and not driving and anything along those lines, then yeah, I don't think, I don't think we should have this weird stigma around it. Like, yeah, it's totally cool to go have three gin and tonics at the company lunch outing thing, whatever. But let's go, you know, but God forbid somebody talk about cannabis openly. So if for nothing else, it just helps remove a little bit of the stigma and make some other people a bit more comfortable with how they've used it. Or if there's anybody that's like, wow, I, 
always thought running was terrible. Let me try, start with a small, 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 small dose if you do. But let me see how running in cannabis might work for me. That's it. That's the whole thing. I don't know if I had any other points in there, but... <laughs> uh, so weird to say all that out loud, but... Hey, why not? Right? I'm here to... I'm here to try to earn, if nothing else, earn people's trust. And so speaking, the, speaking openly about this is just showing more of my honest hand and giving a bit more scoop on something that I've been asked about a lot. And that's the story. Thanks for listening. I am long-winded by nature. <laughs>